I think it's important to note that while women have made some tremendous progress in recent decades, say in terms of educational attainment and career opportunities, they continue to be at a greater risk than men of not achieving a financially secure retirement. Welcome back to ClearPath, your roadmap to health and wealth. I'm your host, Al Waller, and joining me is Catherine Collinson, founding CEO and president of nonprofit Transamerica Institute and its Transamerica Center for Retirement Studies to discuss the unique risks faced by women, to share her team's research, and to offer insights and recommendations. But before we get started, just a quick reminder, we'd love to hear from you and learn more about the topics you'd like us to cover, as well as give us feedback on this episode. So please drop either Catherine or me a note at info at transamericacenter.org. Well, Catherine, you and your team have been focused on this topic for, what, 17 years and counting. So I'd really like to understand why women wind up facing greater retirement-related risks and to follow that up with why it's so urgent that we focus on it right now. Al, today's women enjoy opportunities that our grandmother's generations could only dream about. However, we continue to be at even greater risk of not achieving a financially secure retirement compared with men. In large part, this is due to societal headwinds, such as the persistency of the gender pay gap, taking time out of the workforce for parenting and caregiving, and women have lesser access to employer-sponsored retirement benefits. As we think about it, any factors that negatively impact a woman's lifetime earnings will in turn impact her ability to save for retirement and grow her savings. Over the course of a working career that could last 20 or 30 or even 40 or more years, these factors could have a compounding effect that leave a woman with far less in retirement savings compared with her male counterpart. Especially now, as we're looking towards the future, it's time to spotlight women's retirement insecurities so that we can address the issues and implement solutions. I hear you there, Catherine, and I know you, along with your team, recently published an in-depth report on the retirement outlook of working women. And for our listeners, it's titled, Emerging from the COVID-19 Pandemic, Women's Health, Money, and Retirement Preparations. So I'm very interested in the scope of what your findings brought to bear. Our report delves into the retirement prospects of women workers by looking at their current financial situation and their long-term preparations. And the report highlights risks and potential opportunities. I'll add that the report is based on a survey of employed workers of for-profit companies and offers comparisons of women and men. Well, we all know that the pandemic and economy have been enormously challenging. So to that point, what sort of intel did your research uncover regarding their financial situation? Women workers have weathered a formidable financial storm. Many experience negative impacts to their employment that could jeopardize both their short-term finances and their future retirement. Let me call out a few data points that illustrate their situation. Almost four in 10 women workers experienced one or more negative impacts to their employment as a result of the pandemic, ranging from reductions in their work hours and reductions in pay to furloughs and layoffs. 44% of women workers have trouble making ends meet. Almost six in 10 cite paying off some form of debt 
is a financial priority. And emergency savings are low. Women workers have saved just $2,000 in the event of an unplanned major expense or financial setback. Well, now you've really got my attention because these findings are, I guess in a word, alarming. And while we're at it, Catherine, I'd like to explore something you briefly touched on earlier as well uh, on previous episodes of this podcast, and that would be caregiving. I mean, how does this factor into their circumstances? Excellent question, Al. Our survey found that almost four in 10 women workers, 38%, were either currently serving or had served as a caregiver in the past for a relative or friend over the course of their working career. And this excludes parenting responsibilities. So serving as a caregiver, for example, for an aging parent or loved one, the survey finding does not count those serving as parents. Of the women caregivers, the vast majority, more than 8 in 10, made some sort of adjustment to their employment situation, ranging from missing days of work and reducing their work hours. Some gave up a promotion, and some even quit their jobs altogether. Well, during my years spent in corporate human resources, I can confirm the fact that the the sacrifices you referenced are real. And as you point out, with comparatively few exceptions, women are really the ones that are carrying the water in these cases. So now that we've discussed women's current situation, and it's becoming quite clear, at least to me, how difficult it is for women to realistically focus on the future, I'd like to take a deeper dive into their preparation, specifically how women are doing in terms of saving for retirement. We have mixed news. We have some good news and we have some not so good news. I'll start with the good news. The good news is most women are saving for retirement. Almost three in four are saving through an employer-sponsored 401k or similar plan and or outside the workplace. However, the not so good news is many are not saving enough. Women workers have saved only $43,000 in total household retirement accounts compared with the $91,000 saved by men. Looking at baby boomers, the generation nearing and entering retirement, women workers have saved $101,000, which is less than half of the $248,000 saved by men. And I'll add that these figures are estimated medians. Although these amounts may sound like a lot to some people, this level of savings will likely not go terribly far in a retirement that could last 20 or 30 or more years. Agreed. I mean, these numbers are sobering, not only for women, but for men as well. However, since this episode is focusing on women, I'd, I'd like to understand what their expectations are regarding retirement income. Almost three in 10 women workers expect to primarily rely on Social Security when they retire. It's hardly surprising that 76% of women workers are concerned that Social Security will not be there for them when they're ready to retire. Well, at the risk of sounding cynical, I think their concern is pretty well-founded and alarming, too. So as a way to help bridge savings gaps, uh, I, I suspect many women are probably looking at extending their working lives and and also, in that vein, retiring at an older age, right? Al, your suspicions are indeed correct. More than half expect to retire after age 65 or do not plan to retire. 
And almost six in 10 women workers expect to work at least part-time in retirement. Now, working longer and retiring at an older age may sound disappointing to some people, but I want to point out it's not all bad news. When we asked people their reasons for doing so, women workers were almost as likely to cite one or more healthy aging-related reasons as financial reasons. Examples of healthy aging-related reasons include things like enjoying what they do, wanting to stay active, keeping their brain alert, as well as having a sense of purpose. I hear you, but uh, do you think this is realistic? I mean, how would you gauge uh, the likelihood of success here? Great point. And it's something that I worry about because we can plan to work longer and retire at an older age, but it's not necessarily a given. We've done a lot of research on retirees. We often find that they retired sooner than planned due to employment-related issues, health-related issues, um, or even caregiving responsibilities. So women who plan to extend their working years need to be proactive about safeguarding their health and keeping their job skills up to date and current with employers' needs. I'll also add it's critical that we all have backup plans for life's curveballs, which could preclude us from working. I couldn't agree with you more on the need to be proactive. And as I've referenced during my days in HR, I can recall multiple situations where people were forced to retire sooner than planned, only to come to that uh, stark realization they probably should have thought things through a little more thoroughly and perhaps even, you know, even come up with a backup plan. Now, at the top of this episode, we've talked about societal headwinds faced by women. So then, from a societal perspective, what can we do to help improve women's retirement outlook? We all must embrace equity by breaking down barriers and creating a world in which everyone has the ability to achieve success. A woman's ability to achieve a secure retirement ultimately depends on equitable pay throughout her working years, access to retirement benefits and health and welfare benefits, as well as the preservation of safety nets such as Social Security and Medicare. Achieving success requires a collaboration among key stakeholders, including policymakers, employers, and individuals. We need to tackle deeply rooted issues, and we need to modernize our retirement system for current and future generations of retirees. Al, if you are up for it, I would like to highlight some recommendations for each of these stakeholder groups. Well, I think you're bringing up some very important points here. So absolutely, Catherine, let, let's go for it. Policymakers can implement reforms to Social Security and Medicare to ensure their future sustainability. Strengthening these safety nets is important for everyone, but it's even more important for women. Women are more likely than men to expect to primarily rely on Social Security when they retire. Employers can ensure gender pay equity. They can expand their retirement and health and welfare benefits offerings to all employees, including both their full-time and part-time workers. Employers can also offer flexible work arrangements, which can help women maintain work-life balance and stay in the workforce. Lastly, individuals can take greater control over their future by gaining a 
full understanding of their financial picture, creating financial plans, setting goals, even factoring financial implications of taking time out of the workforce. And of course, we all need to develop a retirement strategy. Good stuff, Catherine. And again, thanks for your insights and recommendations for improving women's retirement security. And for our listeners who are interested in the research report we've discussed today, Emerging from the COVID-19 Pandemic, Women's Health, Money, and Retirement Preparations, you can find it at www.transamericainstitute.org. And I'd also like to highlight the fact that uh, this episode of Clear Path, Your Roadmap to Health and Wealth, is dedicated in honor of International Women's Day, which is celebrated annually on March 8th. It's a global day celebrating the social, economic, cultural, and political achievements of women. The day also marks a call to action for accelerating women's equality and embracing equity because equity isn't just a nice to have, it's a must have. I'm your host, Al Waller. Until our next episode, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening. Clear Path, Your Roadmap to Health and Wealth is brought to you by Transamerica Institute, a nonprofit private foundation dedicated to identifying, researching, and educating the public about health and wellness, employment, financial literacy, longevity, and retirement. You can find our weekly podcast on WYPR's website and mobile app, wherever you get your podcasts, and at transamericainstitute.org forward slash podcast. Clear Path, Your Roadmap to Health and Wealth is produced by the Transamerica Institute with assistance from WYPR. The information provided here is for educational purposes only and should not be construed as insurance, securities, ERISA, tax, investment, legal, medical, or financial advice or guidance.